We, we are in a series entitled, Mammon is a Mean Master. And I've told you this is not, I'm not trying to get into your pocketbook, it's you to give more, that's not the point of the series, but we need to understand it's not just about tithing. A tithe is 10%, but God watches how we spend the 90% that is left, and we will one day stand before God and answer for what we've done with that. You know, sometime back I was watching a special on TV I don't remember if it was Dateline or 2020. I, I do watch some of those programs occasionally. But this was an interview. It was just talking about the issue of wealthy preachers and just how wealthy they are. And it was in response to Jesse Duplantis asking for $54 million dollars for another private jet. He already had three, and he was wanting one more, and the new one was going to cost $54 million. And the video was a, a conversation between Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis. And, and don't accuse me of making this up. I heard, I saw the video, I heard the questions, and I heard what they said to each other. And it, Kenneth Copeland said, you can't talk to God flying commercial. You can't manage that today in this dope-filled world. Get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. That's what he said. By the way, Kenneth Copeland was buying his third jet, private jet, a Gulfstream 5. I have no idea what that is, except that it's a big one. He already had two others, and he admitted in the interview that he used his private jets to fly to his various vacation homes. I don't have any of those vacation homes. No, I have one. It's at 7 Overland Park Road. And he was talking to Jesse Duplantis, who'd faced a backlash for asking that $54 million. Here's the thing. Brenda read, these people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness that means religion. Religion is just a way to become wealthy. How much is enough? How many private jets do you need? How many vacation homes do you need? How much income is too much income? And how much do you just need to live, survive, give, share, and invest in heaven. I'm not saying that it's wrong to be wealthy, but if your focus in life is always more, 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 then you've got a problem. 
And you're probably a slave to mammon. Now, Jesus said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. The message today from Mammon is a Mean Master is about the green-eyed goblin of greed. Greed is a green-eyed goblin who will eat you alive. Mama, teach your children. Daddy, teach your sons that greed is a sin against God. I just got to have mo more. <clears throat> How much money is enough? And the rich man said, just a little bit more. That's greed. And I need you to understand that greed is a goblin. He is a monster. First Timothy 6, 9, and 10. Greed is a green-eyed goblin. Greed is longing to be re rich. <clears throat> Some translations say desire. Um, this is the NLT, and it says longing. Do you know what it means to have a longing? Um, I, I talked about that beautiful young lady who read the scripture this morning. And I remember when we met. And I remember our dating days near about a hundred years ago. She loves it when I say near about a hundred years ago. And I understand longing. But when you are longing for money... And you were longing for wealth. We're talking about greed. And greed is a green-eyed goblin. Longing to be rich. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about just wishing for enough to make the payments and to live on and, and enough to retire. Um, some of us have taken a pretty good hit in our retirement over the last few weeks, haven't we? I'm not talking about wishing to survive into the future. I'm talking about longing to be wealthy. Longing to be rich. Stood in line. Back in the days before you could pay at the pump. Now you guys are not old enough to remember that. Hey, I re listen, I remember when you had to pump your own, or you did not have to pump your gas. You pull up and the guy comes running out and pumps your gas for you. Wouldn't that be cool? It's raining. You don't have to get out. Well, I remember, Jamie, when you couldn't pay at the pump, you had to go inside. And it just seemed like, Loretta, that every time I bought gas, some idiot was in there buying lottery tickets and I had to stand in line behind Gamblers Anonymous, standing in line to buy lottery tickets. I was fed up so much one time, Charles, I told the guy, you would be better off driving down the highway and throwing your money out the window. He didn't appreciate that very much. <laughs> Statistically, that's probably true. You've got as much chance of being struck by lightning as winning the lottery. In fact, I think the odds are a little greater for being struck by lightning. 
Greed. I want to be rich. And that is greed. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Now, I've already said it's not wrong to have an ambition and to seek success. We live in a capitalistic society where entrepreneurs start a business and they make enough money to hire somebody else. And the people they hire can then pay somebody else and buy goods. And that all works for the benefit of, of our society. By the way, next week I'll be speaking about the demon of debt. Talking about the goblin of greed. Next week is the demon of debt. And the Sunday after that, um, you socialists in the crowd better stay home. You're not going to like my sermon. On the other hand, you might be interested in what the Bible actually says about socialism. And I'll be preaching on that on Sunday week, Lord willing. It's not wrong to want to have success. It is wrong to make that your purpose in life. It's better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. You see, the trouble is, greed leads you to dishonesty. What would you give just to have a little bit more? Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Teenagers, are you listening? Work hard. Make money. Give to God. Pay yourself by saving and money grows a little bit over time. If it sounds like it's too good to be true, probably is. I worked with an organization. I was the chief financial officer. And the board bypassed me, went against my advice, and invested in a scheme that was promising something like 30 to 40% interest return. I resigned. And about a year later, turns out they had invested in a Ponzi scheme. And they got back 50 cents on the dollar of everything that they had invested. And that did not include, Catherine, the supposed interest. That's the original money put into that scheme. They got half of it back when the FBI got through with everything. Wealth gained and get-rich-quick schemes disappears like smoke. You need to learn that. Be careful about that. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. It also results in falling into temptation. Trust in your money and down you go. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Greed leads to temptation and to failure. Greed results in being trapped. Greedy people try to get rich quick, 
but don't realize they're headed for poverty. It's a trap, I tell you. Get-rich-quick schemes are a trap, and you're going to lose your investment. It's a trap, and it leads to poverty. The same thing is true with lottery tickets and the casinos. You can't beat the house. The house, or you may win the first time you roll the dice. You may win the first time they spin the wheel, but it won't last because the house will always come out on top. And gambling is greed, and greed leads to poverty. It also results in ruin and destruction. Look here, you rich people, it says in James chapter 5, weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. Listen, the green gobbling of greed will promise you gold but instead will ruin your name and reputation. Um, you can't see it in the picture on the screen, but in the very first week, I talked about the movie The Hobbit and, the, and Smog, the, the, the dragon, and that he was in the cave. Chloe laughs every, or Macy laughs every time I say that name. I'm going to ask her later, how do you pronounce that? Everybody has their own opinion. Um, the dragon in the cave was the enemy. The truth is, it wasn't the dragon, no, it was the gold he was sitting on that was the real enemy. That's what corrupted them. That's what changed in the middle of the story. He promises gold, but instead, he'll ruin and your reputation. Greed is not only longing to be rich, it is loving money. I mean, loving money. Now, we've already said during this series, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In verses it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. The love of money. It's not that money is the root of all evil. I, I thought about, okay, so I've only used one movie reference uh, today, right? So... I'm allowed at least one more. Um, in a, it's a Wonderful Life. Clarence is talking with George Bailey. And George Bailey says, if you're the answer to my problem, do you happen to have $16,000 in your pockets? By the way, Cheryl, $16,000 in that day is probably like 250000 today or more. Maybe even a half million. 
And Clarence says, you know, he gets all embarrassed, Joe's, and he, and he says, well, no, we don't need money in heaven. George says, comes in pretty handy down here. It's not money that is the root of all evil. Corey, it comes in pretty handy down here. You work for money, you get money, you spend money. That's capitalism, by the way. It comes in pretty handy down here. It's not money, it's the love of money that is the problem. And it is the root of all kinds of evil. Not just evil, all kinds of evil. In Hebrews... It says, don't love money. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. In case it becomes a matter of trust, doesn't it? Are we willing to trust God? Or will we act like, if this is going to happen, I will have to do it. As if God doesn't exist. Or more like God means money and money is my God. Well, you can't serve both God and money. But you can trust God. And greed also results, loving money also results in never being satisfied. Ecclesiastes Chapter 5, verse 10, those who love money will never have enough. It does not say those who have money will never have enough. It says those who love money will never have enough. Greed is loving money. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. As a matter of fact, that is the theme of the book of Ecclesiastes. It's all useless. It's all vanity. It also results in various kinds of evil. For the love of money is the root of all kinds, various kinds of evil. Proverbs 28, greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to real prosperity. Fighting. Who are you going to love? Jesus or mammon? That is money. The, that's not the end of the sermon. Don't get excited. That's, that sounds like my concluding point, Joe, but it, that's not the end of the sermon. But it is a choice. And it's a choice that you need to make today. Who are you going to love? Who are you going to serve? Jesus or money? Number three, greed is lusting for more. Lusting for more. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, get this, craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements. 
By the way, that is from the NLT and the old translations, the more literal translations, it, it, it talks about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what he's talking about. It's lust. It's craving. These are not from the Father, from this world. We need to understand that. This craving for wealth and craving for money is not of God. Greed is not from God. And if it's not from God, from whom does it come? We better understand where the greed, that desire, that lust, that craving. In fact, greed is the opposite of godliness and the enemy of contentment because you always want more. Results also in wandering from the true faith. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith. You know, the Bible talks about false prophets. This is a long reading, but hang on. There were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. Are there false teachers in our day? Oh, yeah. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even den deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching. Do false teachers today have a lot of followers? You bet they do. But what's going to be the end of it? Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. Then here it is. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. You see, all of this, Kelly's about that. Mammon is a mean master. The problem of greed, the problem of being enslaved by money, it's all about where your heart is. And if we allow ourselves to be led astray by the gremlin, the goblin of greed, our heart will be pulled away from God. And we will walk away from trusting Him. Casey, that's what we were saying a minute ago, right? The answer to it is trust God. But if we fall into this trap of the goblin of greed, then we walk away from God and we walk away from the truth. He's no longer in control of your life. You see, the goblin of greed wants to steal your heart away from God. It also results in self-destruction. It amazed me when I saw this, really read it, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith, and get this, pierced themselves with many sorrows. Pierced themselves. That's like falling on your own sword. That's like taking a javelin and stabbing yourself in the heart. And that's what greed is like. It is self-destructive. And notice this in Proverbs 15, 27. Greed brings grief to the whole family. 
everyone in the household. Jenny, I think about fathers who are absent from their families because they got to just make a little more money. I think about those who are into schemes trying to raise money and then all of a sudden they can't buy bread. They can't buy groceries. I think about, I don't know if you've, oh, oh no, this is a third movie illustration. That's one over the line. If you've ever seen The Man Who Invented Christmas, Charles Dickens' father was a shyster who lost the family fortune. And Charles, it, this is true. Charles Dickens ended up in the poorhouse working as a boot black, making, making boot black in order to survive. And his father never really overcame. I think about, you see, greed brings grief to the whole family. Beware of the goblin of greed. These people set an ambush for themselves. They're trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. Money, it robs them of life. Proverbs 1, 18 and 19. The green-eyed goblin of greed. That, I told you about my pastor who preached just about every sermon had something to do with this verse. If you try to hang on to your life, you lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, the gospel, you will save it. It also results in lots of pain and suffering. Some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Chapter 6, verse 1. Listen, the devil always promises more than he can pay and he always pays in counterfeit money beware of the goblin of greed it can lead to bankruptcy broken homes distancing and divorce because of fight fights over finances and to ruin reputation fortunately God has given us a way to slay the goblin of greed. In the first few verses, he says, number one, godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. If you will put God first, Casey, I'm back to you again, because we made that connection. If you trust in God, you can slay the goblin of greed. It comes by faith in God and trusting in Him. Number two, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. You can't take it with you. That means focus on eternity. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. By giving to God, giving to the poor, taking care of widows, you can invest in eternity. Focus on eternity rather than the temporary. Number three, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. The third way to slay the goblin of greed is simplify your life. Cl clean out 
the clutter of stuff and practice contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to love? How are you going to fight the battle against greed? To whom do you belong? Todd's not here, but Jenny, he told me on our trip that he preached revival at a church, and I'm sorry, I don't remember which, which one, but a lady from the church came up to him after that revival. Todd didn't think it was a great revival, but the lady came up to him and said, you changed my life. You made one statement that I've never forgotten. Todd's statement was this, to whom do you belong? Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Mammon or God? You're bought with a price. You belong to God. And don't ever forget it.